Hi, everybody. The Super Bowl is coming up, and while my favorite team is not playing in the game this year, I'm still interested in learning more about the technology behind the scenes to help coordinate logistics and do some other stuff. So next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Today we are speaking with... Ferros Murchia, the CIO and Chief Information Security Officer for the city of Glendale, Arizona, which is hosting this year's Super Bowl. Ferros, how, how bad did I do on your pronunciation? No, you did very good. You did very good. So. All right. So, uh, you know, we were talking about the Super Bowl here at the office, and, and um, uh, one of our colleagues uh, knows you and, and suggested that uh, we talk to you about a lot of the preparations that are going on behind the scenes. And I know you can't give me sort of any specific details, obviously, from a security perspective and things like that. But what is your role uh, at the city of Glendale? And, you know, t- walk me through some of the basics of, of how you guys are preparing for the, the onslaught of people that will be coming to the game. So um, you kind of define my role, which is chief information officer, chief information security officer. So uh, my primary responsibility is to make sure that the technology footprint is operating as designed to deliver whatever needs to be delivered for our stakeholders. Uh Similarly, uh, it needs to be safe and secure. So uh, we're not risking anything. Um, So, and that's just a role independent of um, whatever event is taking place. Right. Now, event sort of, uh, and in this case, Super Bowl um, is such a huge event. So it it amplifies the impact of what we do. Okay. So if you go ahead. Well, I was going to say on a typical on a typical day, like let's not talk about the Super Bowl yet, but on a typical, just a regular Tuesday, for example, uh, yeah. the, the, you are supporting the infrastructure for the city of Glendale and all of the different services. So this includes public safety, traffic, that type of things, right? Yes. All of the regular yes. departments, right? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. So your, 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 your traditional business systems uh, that helps us run our business to our utilities, we run a water utility, so we want to make sure that that water is flowing properly and uh, public safety. So uh, fire, EMS and and police, um, we want to make sure that they're all operating uh, with all the resources available to them at all times and certainly transportation. Right. We want to make sure that um, there are no accidents and <laughs> road closures due to technology. Right. And now, and now this gets ramped up probably by like, what, like 3000% in, <laughs> in, in anticipation of the Super Bowl. Like how many people do they expect at, at the, you know, during the, the, the Super Bowl week? Is it, have they given you any numbers on that? I, I don't have the exact official kind of estimate, yeah. but, uh, uh, I think the stadium holds somewhere in the vicinity of sixty to seventy-five thousand people. Okay. So that's what uh, I would anticipate, at least as a, as a minimum baseline. Yeah. But uh, my uh, hunch is that it's going to be significantly larger number. Right, because you also have there's a lot of pre like the the you know there's a week before the event. Yes. And there's all sorts yes. of parties and events and broadcast crews now that go and they the you know yeah. ESPN I think does a whole week there and all of the other sort yes. of media people. Um, does that require that do they sort of ac- are they accessing your network or do they just bring in 
in their they probably just bring in their own stuff right but you know yeah they, they bring in their own stuff yeah and um so it makes things easier but it makes things a little bit more complicated in the sense that a it's a geographic space in and around stadium that uh, NFL manages. Mm-hmm. It makes things easier from the uh, from the perspective that they do it every year, so they've got it really down packing. In, in, yeah, in, in, less of an issue. It's just execution, rinse and repeat. It it makes it complicated because each location is different, resources are different. So for the host city to understand the nuances of of how to operate with that kind of a, you know highly orchestrated uh, event. Right now, this is the third the third time that Glendale, Arizona, mm-hmm. has hosted. Um, and interestingly, the Patriots. I'm wearing a Patriots sweatshirt today. Um, <laughs> The, those the Patriots were in those the last two that Glendale hosted. Uh, one was a yeah. bad uh, game that we don't talk about. That was the, one of the New York Giants games. But the other one was the Malcolm Butler catch, which was an, an awesome interception the, for the win the game for the Patriots. Um, but uh, yeah, so based on the the previous two hosting events. Yeah there's probably a playbook that you guys have in terms yes. of what you can expect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the different roles that, that different departments yeah. will play. Um, can you, can you walk me through anything? Like, like, did you have this playbook ready to go? And then you coordinate with all of the other members of the NFL and the broadcasters and all those groups. So like, like how, how does that work? Do you set, I mean, I imagine it's a bunch of meetings, 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 right? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So, so if you if you allow me, I can kind of at okay. a high level walk you through that overall structure. Sure, I'll shut and up for a while. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not confined to Glendale only, right? So, so you have um, NFL, um, and then you have all the three letter agencies one can think of, and there is a multi agency coordination group, and. Within that multi-agency coordination group, there are regional working groups and or resource working groups. Uh, and these are about, there are about 24 of them mm-hmm. for different uh, um, area of focus, um, cybersecurity, physical security, all that. So if you look at it from the perspective of, uh, was this structure in place um, uh, in last two Super Bowl? Yes, it was in place. What is different now is the level of technology and its involvement and its use that that is what is different so the playbook from the past Mm -hmm. was the playbook from the past right you you cannot take that and use it today but it does it does give you a a sort of a baseline to start from right oh yes of course of course i mean those, those working groups are still valid and and yes it does give you um a baseline but um uh, if I can just draw a, a simple contrast, mm-hmm. we did we hosted a, a tabletop exercise. So and then the role of technology in the previous two was that okay, we want connectivity here, we want connectivity here, and the the technology team uh, basically went in and performed that. A um, lot of focus was on physical infrastructure, support of physical infrastructure, whether it's public safety, utilities, transportation, what have you. And those teams were leading the charge and they still lead the charge in their respective area. But the glue that binds them all 
his technology this time. Mm-hmm. So literally, when we went through a tabletop exercise, there were about 128 participants in this physical activity that we hosted, our IT team hosted. Um, literally, you could to, uh, take each and every use case and it either started on the physical side, ended on the um, the digital side, or started on the digital side, ended on the physical side. Right. And right. we sort of kind of played out those scenarios. So that's the difference from past to today. Yeah. Would you say that over the over the the past years that whether it was the last time that Glendale hosted, but even just the difference between last year's Super Bowl and this year's Super mm-hmm. Bowl, that the the amount of of digitization that have, has occurred has probably grown exponentially as well. I mean, in, in the enterprise space, for example, you hear about digital transformation and moving physical sort of methods and processes into a digital format. Are you seeing that too with, with sort of the Super Bowl prep? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a, a lot of it in almost every aspect that you can think of, right? So... Um, Do you have some examples? Yeah. In, yeah. Oftentimes when, when we talk about... Um, uh, uh, local government or, or or any kind of agency or government, we talk about smart cities, smart regions, things of that nature. This is the type of event where these concept of smart city manifests itself in its full glory. So think about it here um, when we are doing pre-event planning, mm-hmm. um, if we look at it in the traditional way of doing it, the officers, uh, fire safety professionals, they would walk the area and identify hotspots, identify where they're gonna organize, meet and all that. Everything is now digital. Extensive use of GIS to identify, locate, place strategically resources. Yep. So we make this experience uh, a much more uh, richer and and uh, trouble free for everybody who's there. Is, and and the go ahead. Uh, one 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 final comment. And the goal is to kind of bridge that gap between if you're physically there or you're virtually there. You should be able to experience that. The richness should be there in the experience, right? Has the city uh, looked into a lot of the smart city types of infrastructure and technologies um, ahead of the Super Bowl, or did they sort of invest in it or bring it in temporarily and then maybe let you keep it afterwards? Or, you know, (laughs) how far how far along are you in the smart city sort of evolution? Because I've seen I've seen other cities that have tried, you know, that are doing smart city type of initiatives. I'm wondering if an event like the Super Bowl helps accelerate that adoption. It it does accelerate the adoption. Yeah. But um, there there are uh, quite a few initiatives uh, that I can um, I can think of that uh, were already underway Mm -hmm. and we are utilizing them uh, more in the space of public safety. Um, and then that is part of smart city, right? So if you look at smart city, it, it talks about livability, livability talks about public safety, um, resources available. So we, we have those in place and we are enhancing those. And the way we are enhancing is that the new iteration of those technology have more AI based capability. So we're turning those on to make sure that we are able to uh, provide services in much more efficient manner. 
for instance, leveraging GIS to be able to, uh, if a citizen today calls me and uh, asks me, there was an incident here in my area, did you guys respond to it? Uh, in several years ago, if this was a question that came up, it would take us time to answer that. Today, literally point and click, and I can I can tell them exactly when a, an officer arrived at the incident, how many officers, how many squad cars showed up, what path they took, what, how long it took them, how long they were there, and when they returned. Okay. All that detail and a click um, of a button, we can provide that information. What that does is establishes trust between the community we serve and and the officers who are delivering those services, right? So, and then, and that's the technology already in place. Uh, you take that further. Now we can do from our intelligent uh, transportation system, identify hotspots, right? One would think that high traffic area is more prone to accident. Surprisingly enough, in some cases in our city, um, it's not the high traffic area. So ability to identify those unique nuggets of information helps us plan better, right. uh, prevent incident and accident, and it enhances the livability uh, of the city. And to me, that is what the smart city is all about. Right. And then it's all that data, too. And then you can you yes. can analyze yes. that data and then make improvements. Um, exactly. But do they have, a, is there a baseline of data that they have for such a, a big event like the Super Bowl? Or, or is this now where you're going to get all that data and then learn from it for the next time? So uh, there, there is a lot of data available. Yeah. So um, I'll give you an example and how, how that information flows. So uh, when the Super Bowl happened in, in Los Angeles, our team, um, the, uh, the multi-agency working group, um, especially on the public safety side, um, they were on site learning from that. So it's not that my 2015 experience is going to form my strategy. Right. Well, we were informed by the current uh, use of technology, how it was used, recognizing the current um, threat landscape, all those things to make sure that what we deploy as our resources to deliver an exceptional event is based on our current reality as opposed to what we did in 2015. Right. Well, what I think a lot of people don't realize too is how this is a multi-year process in getting ready yes. for a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. When you took the job, I think you took the job of CIO and CISO in 2020, right? Yes. Were they already starting kind of like preparations at that point three years ago? Um, yes. And so you knew that this was coming up, right? When you took the job, this was this was the reason why I took the job. It was okay. So, that's that's good. It's not like they just so, they just threw this at you last week and said, "Oh, oh by no, the no, way, no. we have a big football game coming up." <laughs> so I I was doing some consulting work prior to this with Elite uh, um, Metro, which is the, one of the largest uh, transit agency, and some of my work was focused around uh, soccer World Cup and um, twenty twenty eight uh, Olympics. Um, we did some um, security grant writing and all that. So um, I was kind of familiar with and I I have a propensity to chase uh, technology thrills. Okay. <laughs> and that led me to Glendale. You know, you could just jump out of an airplane if you, you, know, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so a technology thrill seeker. I like I like that term. That's such a that's such a neat thing. So it's is it more about the challenge or just the excitement around such a big event 
Like, what is it that that you um, are? It, it's it's my uh, putting myself in a situation where I have the ability to make a difference. Okay. Um, to really stand up and say, yes, this truly had an impact. Okay. Um, that's basically what I'm talking about. So what? So um, when you get when you get back down to the sort of the logistics level of of things, is it one of those cases where? you succeed if if nothing happens <laughs> like from a security standpoint or is it is it just that you succeed if if everyone gets to the game on time and people are happy and there's no you know long yeah, waits but, or things like I that mean, if if it was all if it was just limited to my success yeah then i don't need to do this i i i can i can work on some small little project that is on a cutting edge technology and then then and then that's one way of attaining glory and there's nothing wrong with that when you choose to work in in, in a public sector where uh, the resources and the drive to innovate and deliver something exceptional um, doesn't have the kind of resources and and uh, and support as you would do this in a commercial enterprise. Right. Right. So this has to be then done with a larger um, benefit in mind. So my success is not just me succeeding. My success is that the event goes the way it was planned and envisioned yep. and, and and it, it's a fantastic event people create memories and they remember their experience in glendale right right and then that's and then so that's, that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna measure success to uh, make sure absolutely. that more people are happy than than yes. unhappy because there are always going to yes. be unhappy people especially for fans <laughs> of the team that loses right <laughs> at the end of the game <laughs> You just sort yes. of shuffle them out quickly and you're like, okay, have fun, go home. <laughs> um, what does, so like on, on, on game day, do you have like a, is there like a coordinated mission control? Mm-hmm. Like you're not yes. sitting at home just watching the game and, and waiting to get a phone call, right? Like you're there somewhere in the yes. city, like monitoring things, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, at a high level, um, there. There is an emergency operation center from from a from a um, from a city perspective. Uh-huh. So, a um, bunch of us, um, folks from my team and other um, teams that are part of this core, uh, will be on site there. I will have from from my area. I will have a uh, smaller sort of kind of team. So, we're creating now human cloud and redundancy will be um, at a different location. Right. So so now we create a human redundancy. Similarly, if you look at public safety and all those, they have the similar kind of model. They have teams deployed on the ground and then there are teams that are on emergency operations center. And then you have locations and places identified for different types of activity and response. Right. So that's basically would be the structure. I would be in one of those teams. My deputy yep. would be on another team and off we go. Okay. Is that the biggest, uh, biggest challenge then in terms of the computing? Is it the, is it the, the networking and the infrastructure and making sure that everything kind of stays up and doesn't go down? Is that sort of the, the big challenge for the, I, the day of the I event? would say connectivity is the biggest um, challenge yeah. because it uh, doesn't matter how good your application is, how much AI you have. If you don't, you don't have the connectivity then it, it 
Yeah. Is of no use. Well, you know, you, you know, you mentioned cloud, you know, cloud support in redundancy. Um, mm-hmm. And that got me thinking that I, I sometimes think that companies and, and organizations and they don't think about the redundancy so that if something goes down, they don't have that backup plan. So it feels like yeah. you, you are thinking of that to make sure that that if, you know, something does happen, that you've got a you've got a backup switch and, and fail safe uh, or if traffic yeah. starts hitting yeah. a certain number. Um, so that's good to hear because obviously yeah. if, if nothing happens, then you've done your job pretty well. Exactly. Um, but, but again, there, there still must be some, are, are you nervous at all ahead of the game or do you have enough confidence with the, the teams that are, that are doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's almost so, like a trick so question. Honest, I'm trying to honest get you, answer, yeah. Honest answer. Yeah. Every now and then I do dream about this. Yeah. Okay. And, and some, some, sometimes uh, you wake up with a smile on your face. And, yeah, it was. And sometimes it's a nightmare and you wake up in cold sweat. Well, so you're also I mean, you're also a chief information security officer. And every time I talk yes. to a security guy, I I can't imagine the. I mean, you must have, you know, nightmare thoughts that are just going through your head about like the worst possible scenario or or cybersecurity. And, you know, we always ask the security people, like, what keeps you up at night? Because um, that's always a, an interesting generic question. But, you know, without without giving me any sort of details, um, do you think that way or do you think more about, all right, if something happens, I'm going to respond and, and we're going to get this? So, no. So the, the reason why I gave you the, the, those two yeah. dream scenarios yeah. is because that constant conflict that two sides of my brain are having. Yeah. As a CIO, deliver fast, deliver this cutting edge technology and the CISO saying, no, hold on, wait, wait a minute. Right. Evaluate first before you put it into production. So that struggle continues to happen. Um, and then you just have to find the right balance of risk taking and, and, and protecting um, the assets uh, of the city. Um, my biggest fear is the fear of unknown. Things that I know, I can do something about it. Right. right? Things that I don't know is what is scary. And then the, the technology landscape is changing so fast that um, honestly, I it keeps you humble and it, I, I cannot say that I have all the answers. What I have is at least the mindset within my team that we don't have all the answers so we need to be vigilant right and literally i i, I had a background that i took off for this session it says semper vigilante uh-huh. and i use that for every meeting my executive meeting my staff meeting and we just operate from that mindset and that's it okay but you, you do sleep at night sometimes i do <laughs> I, I sleep well. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm, I'm just always fascinated by the by the security mindset, and 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 you're right. Yeah. You, you can solve what you do know, and but then yeah. adapt for what you don't know, and then try to minimize the damage, or at least you know sort of um, respond and react, and and staying vigilant is always great. Because again, you you know, um, if it runs smoothly, then no one notices, and that's that's uh, that's if, what if you want. If I if I if I share with you this small story, um, so. In our executive meeting, these are all department heads running different parts of the city. Um, we meet with our city manager on a weekly basis. Um, so I did a cybersecurity presentation. The slides I had was um, 
war in Ukraine <laughs> and the the troop mobilization at the uh, beginning of the war and the troop mobilization and then the placement uh, sometime in June, May, June timeframe. So I, I, what I was trying to point out is that oftentimes you see this head fake. So you say, oh, there, there is a focus on utilities and stuff like that. And I was pointing out is that bad actors know that now you're going to be focused protecting utilities, right. just like everybody was protecting Kyiv because the column of tank was uh, moving towards Kyiv. But what happened was then the eastern region was attacked and taken over. Right. So that head fake is what you need to watch for. Right. So like, like, so if we equate that to a Super Bowl thing, if you, you know, you can't come out and say, oh, we're going to focus our attention on A, B and C. And then the bad guys will be like, OK, well, I'm going to go over here to D. I'm going to just go. Yeah. And then and then or try to like do that head fake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I'll give you an example. So right before this uh, discussion, we were having a resource planning meeting. One of the tasks, uh, all my divisions uh, are doing right now is talking to all the technology partners that we use, um, whether it's deployed uh, in service of Super Bowl or not, uh, identifying a point of contact. So we have standard support. Now, mm -hmm. this is exclusive point of contact for that event to make sure that we pick up the phone and we're not calling an 800 number, we're calling a named resource to say, mobilize, we need help. This And this is for our continuity of operation. This is not just Super Bowl. Right, right. So, so yeah. Now we were talking before we recorded and, and uh, you admitted that you are not a aficionado of, of football trivia. So I'm not <laughs> going to ask you any sort of football trivia. Um, I did notice a couple of cricket balls behind you. So I know that yes. you are a fan of cricket. I won't. You could, we could have a competition. And I wouldn't know any questions about cricket either. So, um, but are, do you, do you think you're going to be able to watch part of the game or at least enjoy it? Or are you just going to like head down and not even care about no, the game no. at that point? My, my, my hope is my team watches the game and nothing happens. <laughs> right. But right. Th that's, that's a luxury we're not able to afford. Right. Our job right. is to make sure that um, all the fans and the patrons are able to experience this right. So, so yes, we'll be peeking and then looking at the game, but we're basically uh, staying alert and, and focused in terms of making right. sure that the event is... Uh, now, event, I was going uh, to ask you about some of the technologies that have come out probably since the last time, but since you've you you sort of covered that where you talk about going to Los Angeles last year and you've 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 known about a lot of the processes as well. Yeah. But I also know that Arizona is big on autonomous vehicles. I know there are some companies mm -hmm. that do um, some self driving yeah. delivery, food delivery type thing. Does yeah. do do you have some of that going on in, in Glendale or is that a different part of the state? Like we're, no, we we. we um we're talking about it. Yeah. There, there's no active initiative from a city perspective that's going on. Uh, there's a focus on the EV side of things. Okay. So we're looking at that definitely. Yeah. Um, there, there is a discussion at a regional level around um, um, aerial vehicle drones and stuff like that and how to use them. Right. We use them for public safety. We're not uh, effectively using them um, for 
you know, Amazon delivery of some kind or things okay. of that nature. Okay. Okay. I, w- I, I would wonder if those those it. types of services might shut down during during a big event like that. Um, yes. And definitely, I know that on the security side, like the FAA is all about no fly zones, and they heavily regulate that. So, yeah. and you don't have yeah. to worry about we, any of that stuff, and right? We we have we have our regional airport that would be uh, used. We have uh, Luke Air Force Base, home of F thirty fives. So um, we have to be really careful in terms of uh, who we are allowing to kind of fly those things. Right, right. Now, after the game, do you get to take some time off or are you just on to the next project? Well, the the, the, the bunch of projects that are in flight okay. and they, 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 their timeline uh, doesn't change. So they will continue, but I will certainly take some time off. It's, you need that little bit of a breathing moment to kind of decompress <laughs> and then and all right and hopefully enjoy um the success and of we, the event yeah and, and we don't know yet who's in the super bowl we are recording this before the championship weekend um so yeah. there are four teams left uh do you have a do you have a favorite out of those four is there a favorite amongst the uh the staff members that, that, that work with you I, so I now that's a sensitive stuff and that can change loyalties. So I don't ask, but I can tell you an emotional favorite. Okay. So 49ers. Okay. It's just that they, after so many injuries and they have this rookie quarterback, it's just kind of Cinderella story. So there's a little bit of that emotional connection. There. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you what, if, if, so I'm, I'm on the AFC side, I, I like the Bengals. Um, so if the Bengals make it and the 49ers make it, I'm going to send you an email and we'll have a, a little side bet. How's that? Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Pharaohs, thank you so much for being on the show no today. Uh, it was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for watching. If you don't forget, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on, the, uh, well, you know, on this topic below. And go sports team, whoever's left. Thank you. See you next time. Exactly. For the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs>